how do you feel right now on a scale of one to ten with one being absolute hot garbage? Ah, poop. That's a one. Keeping you posted on the biggest contest in football. This is The Rivalry. Hello again. Welcome back to The Rivalry Podcast. We're so thankful to have you here today, especially today, because it is a momentous occasion. Jace, do you know what this is? I I don't. Should I? (laughs) You should. It is our 10th official posted episode. For this season, yeah. so hats off for that. Probably shouldn't clap for ourselves, way to, but way to clap for ourselves. <laughs> but it's it's a good week. It's a good week because we have lots of time to fix some problems because it's bye week, so we have some time to rest up to fix some. There's issues. a little bit of agitation in uh, your voice, Mitchell. Yeah, I'm sure we'll I, get into more of that. I haven't talked football yet this week. Just saving for this because I have so much, so many thoughts after what we just saw. <laughs> It's going to be fine. There's a lot of hype building for the game. Uh, that's all I can say right now is 31 days from now, there will be an absolute slugfest on who's going to be the best team in the Big Ten. So we're looking forward to that. As always, please like and review, as so many of our friends have kindly done already. If, if you haven't already in what we would be very appreciative. That's all I got for you. How are you this morning? Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling great. I'm mostly concerned about you. I had a great weekend. Everything went exactly according to plan. Some things happened that I wasn't even prepared for, and uh, we'll get into that. We'll start with Ohio State, and then obviously I've got uh, quite a few thoughts on Michigan's win over Michigan State coming down the way, but Mitchell, just, just on a personal level, how do you feel right now on a scale of 1 to 10 with 1 being absolute hot garbage? Ah, poop. That's a 1. That's how I feel. Good. I didn't watch the entirety of this game. Like, I'm sure a lot of Buckeye Nation didn't. They either made it to halftime and turned it off, like I've heard so many people did, or they missed the first half thinking it was going to be cake and turned it on at halftime like myself and saw what was happening and then turned it off again. Because I, so I turned it on. It was the start of the third quarter. I saw what was happening. Because it was what, 14 to 6 at the half? At this point, that's exactly what it was. And. I was expecting that them, because if they're only down by that much, I'm sure they can come back in the second half like we've done so many times. What I didn't see was the fire in their eyes and like the desire to keep going. I saw a team mentally, physically beat, and so I didn't want to watch it anymore. So I just went to bed. I was like, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm going to get up in the morning and go to church. I don't want this weighing on me. So I I turned it off. I woke up in the middle of the night, curious to see what the score was. And <laughs> I guess the entire game took place in the fourth quarter, but it still wasn't pretty. <laughs> so what went wrong? A little bit of everything. Everything that we had been pointing out for the last couple of weeks finally came to a surface and blew up in our face. Defensively, we haven't improved much since the thir- 36 points that we gave up to Oregon State. Offensively, we're having some offensive line issues. And defensively, again, our pass defense is bad. There was there was things to point. Obviously, there were some good plays. Our special teams looked really good, other than that, that cartwheel run into the kicker play. But, I mean, it's a rough week. I'm trying to have some optimistic right. light here. No, I mean, you. I, I think it's okay if you come away saying, I don't have a lot of positive things to say. I think, let me help you out, because I almost, I don't feel bad for you, because I'm really glad you lost, but I feel bad a little bit for you personally. So let me throw this out. Dwayne Haskins still looked good. Yes, he did. He still looked fine. He was forced to throw 73 passes. It's impossible to look great when you have 73 passes. And there's your problem. Our offensive line 
We're like, like you mentioned earlier in the year, turnstile. They like, no, hey, don't hit me. The running back's yeah, the guy let me you get want. the door for yeah, you. Yeah, just ahead. come on right by. That was our offensive line strategy. We're, so I still think, I think there's a lot of people saying that J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber are bad running backs. That's not it. They are still great running backs. It's just that they don't have any routes because, I, I mean, there were several times at the goal line where J.K. Dobbins would get the ball and he's bouncing off of black jerseys because there's just no yeah. route for him to take. Well, Our offensive I, line needs work. And I think that's one thing people will forget about this game, too, is that Ohio State got dominated start to finish, but they had the ball three times inside the 10-yard line. And couldn't put it in the end zone. Against Purdue. A 3-3 three and three Purdue team who just weeks prior had lost to Eastern Michigan on that same field. And they can't find the end zone. That is a symptom of a bigger problem. Because if they do, even if they find it one out of those three, you're probably looking at a very different game. Because it did. Purdue blew it up in the fourth quarter. You probably don't have that happen if it's a tighter game. And they just couldn't get the job done. Now, I want to say this. I think that the team that showed up to Purdue, the Ohio State team that was there, was not an accurate depiction of what our team is. I think we have seen Why them. Why not? I think we have seen them play better in previous games, and I think they were banged up, and I think they just were not firing. We haven't played a night game at home yet, for the fir- and we won't this season for the first time in over a decade. All of our night games are away and in, in some pretty loud environments. I think that... It was an inaccurate depiction of what our team looked like. It was just the egg that we laid this year. We have laid eggs every year for the last four years. We had our loss at home to Michigan State, which was a night game. We had our loss to Clemson by 31 points the year after that in 2016. In 2017, we lost to Iowa by 31 points. And now this year, we lose to 29 point, or by 21 points to an unranked Purdue. We gave up over 470 yards in each of those games. We gave up Ooh. 539 to Purdue. And we had seven more yards. We had 546 yards, but we had 29, 29 less, less points. points. Wow. So, I mean, it was it was just the thing that needed to happen. And here's why. Here's some optimism. Here's why this is different than Iowa last year. Last year, we had already lost to Oklahoma. That was our second loss. That looked really bad. This loss looks really bad, but it's only our first loss. We have a bye. So that's two weeks to recuperate. And then we ease back in with Nebraska. And then we have Michigan State and Michigan and what's it, Maryland. We have these four games that I believe if we play well, that we're not going to make it back into the top four by the end of the season. But I do believe that we will make it back into the playoff conversation. If we beat Michigan, who looks, your team looks very good. Your team looks very good. But if we beat them and play well, I believe that we're still in the playoff consideration. That is the one good thing for Ohio State coming out of this. And and not even so much the fact that you're it doesn't have anything to do with the loss as much as it has to do with you still control your own destiny. You yeah. still control your own destiny in the Big Ten East. And that means that you also still control your own destiny in the college football playoff because let's be real for a second. Ohio State wins out. You go to the Big Ten championship game. You're playing Wisconsin which means you're going to win the Big Ten championship game. But I think there's still a lot of work to do before you get there because even coming out of this bye week, I know Nebraska is trash. Nebraska's got a little bit of swag to them right now. They come off finally getting that first win. I know this is – I'm not suggesting. I am not in my wildest dreams suggesting Nebraska comes into Columbus and wins. But what I'm saying is I'm saying Nebraska looks at a team like Purdue, and they have said – Scott Frost has said as much – 
and says, that gives me hope that we could do this. Let me give you something crazy. If Ohio State, and they need to fix things in this order, if Ohio State fixes their offensive line to give Dwayne Haskins more time in a running back space to room, we fix our pass defense so there's not always six feet in between our defensemen <laughs> and the receivers, and we fix our tackling because there were so many hug tackles that, we, that they just bust out of because we were going high instead of low. If we fix those and Purdue plays as well as they played, there could be a Big Ten championship rematch of Ohio State and Purdue, which would be awesome because then if Ohio State beats Purdue in the Big Ten championship, that says a lot about improvement after they would have beat all of them and Michigan as well. So that could look really good, and I would be excited about a rematch because Ohio State plays well when they have something to play for. When we think we have it in the bag, that's when we crumble. So I think that if we fix these things, offensive line, pass defense, and tackling, and Purdue plays as well as they did, I think there's a good chance that we play them again and then get into the playoff contention. That's what I'm there's, that's what I'm sticking with. That's, I, would, I would rather be an Ohio State team that every now and then lays an egg instead of a Purdue, Purdue team that is always well, projected to lose sure, and then wins sure. a big game. So there's, it's still good to be a Buckeye. There's a lot that you're throwing out, though. There's a lot you're throwing out that if we could just fix this, this, and this, these are problems that we talked about this in the last podcast. Again, iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, at Jace and Mitch on Twitter. We talked about this in the last episode where Urban had identified problems against Minnesota. and He was going to fix it. And I said to you, and I like the fact that you've come around here. I said, these are problems we've known about, Mitchell. We've known that Ohio State had this problem since Oregon State, and they haven't fixed it. And eventually, finally this weekend, it came back to bite him in the butt. I know. I know what happened. It's just the worst. I, I don't like so, it when this happens. And the happens. reason that I bring that up is not uh. just to mock you, though. That's one of the reasons. But the other reason that I bring this up is because when you look at the rest of the year, yes, Ohio State, and I, I said this, Ohio State controls its own destiny. But you do have, and I'm going to assume that you beat Nebraska and Maryland, okay? We will do that. But you do have Michigan State, and you have Michigan at the end of the year. And based on what I have seen not just in the Purdue game, though I think that is finally the the unveiling of these problems that have been there since the week one game. I'm looking at it going, I don't think Ohio State can win out. I think you lose one, if not two more games this year. I think as of right now, you are correct. With what we saw last week, we'll see. And, we'll and see. I think as of right now, if nothing changes, that is correct. I think with the schedule and with the two-week break, that is ideal for whipping these guys into shape, giving them some rest, but then really focusing in on getting better, watching a lot of film, getting eased into it with Nebraska and Maryland, and then playing these two big games. Do they I think play Michigan State, good. Michigan back-to-back? I split think up? they do. I think Maryland might be in between Michigan okay. State and... Okay. Yes. So Nebraska, Michigan State, Maryland, Michigan. Yes. How do you feel... Um, obviously, we, we've harped on the problems that the defense has because there are many of them. Do you feel... And this is just pure speculation, your opinion... A healthy Nick Bosa, how big of a difference does he make in a game like Purdue? Does it change the game? Is it enough to change 29 points? Or does it just make it a little bit closer? This is the ifs that you can dive in forever. That's speculation here. I think that Chase Young is really... he's done for the year. We know that now. Yeah, I think Chase Young is really good. I'm not going to say that it doesn't affect us. I think that it would have been huge to have Nick Bosa because there were the years uh, where we were at Penn State where having Joey was a big deal where we knew that he could put pressure on the quarterback. With our defensive line, they had some good plays, but a lot of the time they were given their quarterback a ton of time. And so I think having that sort of... Uh, needle in your in your side of man there's 
I always know that this guy is going to be pressuring me. A guy me. that, that you've puts got a lot to pay of stress attention on. to. Yes. Exactly. So I think that, yeah, if we would have had Nick Bosa, that would have been nice. I still think that Chase Young is very close to being just as good. He has had some huge, huge plays. He's a big, strong, quick guy with a very similar type of getting around um, that offensive line. I think he's good. I don't think it played too big of a part. I think that... What we messed up on, because we had the right amount of yards, I think what we messed up on was our pass defense. There was a play in the third quarter where they threw the ball to a receiver and there were eight Ohio State yep. people around. It looked like a flower with this little black <laughs> dot in the middle. And he still got five yards after the catch. It was unbelievable. So, I, yeah, we've got things to work on. I think that as far as the schedule goes, it's it's doable. It's going to take some work, and I think if there's any team that can put in the work to do this, it's Ohio State. And I think that if there's any team that's able to choke at this point, it's Michigan. I think they look good, but Are man, you kidding I think, me? I think it. I think they you're, look good. You're going to talk like that off a 30 point loss to a 500 Purdue team. Even last week, you were so unsteady about being ranked number six, and oh, now of you're number five because you know that you're like it's Michigan. You guys no, find I've, ways to blow. That's all I'm saying. In years past, I agree with you because I've seen what happens when Michigan gets ranked there. But I'm feeling a lot better about that ranking coming out of this weekend because. I said last week on the podcast that Wisconsin was the litmus test, but Michigan State was the consistency test of, can you come off a big win and do it again? And again, it's also a rivalry game, mm-hmm. which Harbaugh has not won. Mm-hmm. I, I looked back at this. We have lost, coming into this weekend, 10 out of the last 11 rivalry games. And that's beyond Harbaugh, by the way. That's back into the, well, I'm not even going to speak his name, but that's back into beyond Harbaugh. <laughs> As you shouldn't. 10 out of the last 11 games we have lost mm. to rivals. So you have that, you have ranked team on the road, and in the most Michigan-Michigan State game ever, there are pregame antics, there's bad weather, it's snowing, it's hailing, it's raining, people are fumbling the football, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, here we go again. Yeah, it was nuts. And Michigan won 21 to seven and allowed Brian Lewerke seven completed passes and LJ Scott was held to like 25 yards. This is a different Michigan team than I have seen in a long, long time. And I kind of love it. It is. They are a good looking football team. Lewerke kind of, he drives me nuts because he can so hot and cold. He is. He is. And we kind of talked about this with Wisconsin is they, there's a lot of talk when you're going up to play them, and then sometimes they just don't show up. And I think they did show up. I think your your guys played really well. As far as the pregame antics go, of course the coaches are going to take the sides of their football team. There's Michigan State. They do their Spartan walk where they lock across, or lock arms and walk across the length of the field. They were 10 minutes late. 10 minutes, so what? They're at home. I could see it being like, it's no big deal. They know this is going to happen. I could also see them just being, it's a rivalry game, so you're going to have things on both sides. Right. I don't think yeah. it's any one team's fault. I think there's definitely contributions from both sides. They're trying to provoke both teams from both sides. I think, and even Desmond Howard kind of came to agree on this, that they should have left it on the field instead of tearing up the, the center icon. I understand there's a lot of yeah. angst and emotion and stuff, but still, so like, when leave I, it on the field. When I saw Devin Bush tearing it up, my first thought, and, and you know that I am a diehard Michigan fan, but my first thought is this looks childish and you should be above this. Yeah, big what, brother shouldn't care if that's a big brother <laughs> thing. What drove me nuts, though, is that any time that I because I saw a lot of Ohio State friends share the video from ESPN and it was only and only the video of Devin Bush at midfield. 
And there was not even a whisper of, well, you know what set him off, right? Was getting clotheslined by Michigan State after they were late to their own practice. But there was none of that. So am I saying that they deserved it? Yes, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that they absolutely deserved every kick of that turf. And then, Oh, come on. Absolutely. But again, what do you, this is Michigan, Michigan State. What do you expect? What I loved was Jim Harbaugh not afraid to throw a, a few shots marked to Antonio's way. He said this in the press conference after the game. Close line, two of our guys came out in their helmets. A total bush lead. Apparently, Coach Antonio was five yards behind it all smiling. So uh, that's my impression of it. So here's what I got to say about Jim. <laughs> as entertaining as he always is, it sounds like he doesn't know that this is a thing that happens every time. Like every no, time the Spartans play, because he says they aware. came out, they came out in their helmets, and it sounded like they they came out just to like mess around, as opposed to they do this all the time. He wouldn't have said that he knows, if he knew. He knows the rivalry. He he's play, he played from it. He knows what they do. He's trying to emphasize again that he's got guys out there with he's emphasizing he's got guys out there warming up with no pads on in street clothes and these guys have helmets on are late to their own thing and then walk now Michigan State uh, like officially the athletic department has now come out and said no we were on time and we had the understanding that you guys would leave. to me it sounds exactly like you said both sides Michigan State probably was later than they're willing to admit Michigan probably knew that they were supposed to move and neither team did what they were supposed to do. And then you have these antics like this. And I love to, I love to that Harbaugh goes back. So 2014, I think it was Michigan drives a stake into the ground in, uh, in East Lansing before the game, D'Antonio beats Michigan and then says something to the effect of this is an indication beyond the coach. It's an indication of the program mm-hmm. takes a shot at the whole school. I like, I like D'Antonio. So then Jim Harbaugh this week pulls it out after that whole incident and says, you know, to use D'Antonio's own words and throws it right back at him. I, Symptom I, of the program. I'm sorry. I have to side with D'Antonio on, on most of, of course these you situations. Would. Of course. I, so. I, I dislike Mark D'Antonio more than I dislike urban Meyer. That is impressive. Easy, easy hands down. Wow. So yeah, I'm I'm feeling good. The Paul Bunyan Trophy's coming back to uh to Ann Arbor and Michigan's got to be looking with an offense that dominated a good Michigan State defense, a good Michigan State run defense, shut down a what was supposed to be a good Michigan State run game at the very least. And uh I've got to be looking at the end of the year to the game. And I told Mitchell the other day off mic, I said, "Hey, like I'm not I'm never confident about this game. It's hard to be of what, right? Ohio State's dominated the rivalry for the last 10-15 years. But this is the best as of right now. This is the best I felt about the end of November game in a long long time because I, totally, I don't I, know, once again, I don't know that Ohio State can stop Michigan's offense. And I'm not convinced right now with what is what is a one-trick pony in Dwayne Haskins. I'm not convinced that Ohio State can sustain drives like they did against Purdue, as they did against Purdue, like they did a whole lot against them. But I'm saying, when you can't run the ball on Michigan, you can't pass the ball on Michigan. The best defense in the country, that's not an opinion, that's the numbers. <laughs> I love it, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. Dwayne I Haskins wish we were playing the, the game this weekend. I wish the game were this weekend. I bet you do, because you know we're going to get better. When we fix these issues, we need to win out, and because... Our quality wins, quote unquote, against TCU and Penn State are not looking as good as TCU's they used to. three and four now. TCU, when we played them, looked great. We looked great. When we played Penn State, they looked great. We looked great. Since then, it seems like <laughs> all of us have tumbled. So we really need to focus on getting these issues worked out so that we can beat Meat Chicken and show ourselves as the team that we really are. See, what I love about Ohio State fans when they come off a loss like this, 
is they'll they'll throw around the meat chicken thing and they'll they'll dig into the past and they'll try to find something to soothe like this burn that they just received in West Lafayette, which in my mind is the best Lafayette. I'm sorry. By the way. Unlike your team, we're not used to losing. So I'm sorry for trying to cope with this. I uh, I can't a, wait, man. I right. can't wait for the end of the year. But I know. yeah, you're right. You need a you need quality wins coming up here. And Michigan barring you know, and, and Michigan could still lose a game on the way there. Penn State is a team that that's your quality win. TCU, not a chance. Penn State's your quality win right now. Um, Michigan could very easily lose to Penn State. Penn State could be an undefeated team right now. They basically gave the game away against Ohio State. Yeah. They gave the game to Michigan State. So we'll get more into that on the other side of the bye week, but not smooth sailing to the game for either team. But Ohio State desperately needs to get something fixed during the bye week. This is exactly why the playoff rankings do not come out until the 30th, because <laughs> it right. gets crazy towards the end of the season. So the good news is by this time next week, we will have the college football playoff rankings, Michigan and Ohio State both on the bye, of course, so they won't really move up unless somebody else loses. It'll be interesting to see what comes out. Uh, you assume that it's going to stay with the steady one, two, three, four that it is right now, yep. but Again, that's that's college football, and it really doesn't matter until you get to the end of the year anyway. So next week, we'll have uh, some preview. Well, not preview. We'll have some reaction to the college football playoff rankings. We'll look ahead. Michigan, Penn State, kind of there in some ways. They're there. I say knock on wood after what happened to Ohio State, but their last big game yeah. before the game, Ohio State looks to recover against Nebraska. We'll preview that as well. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Jace and Mitch, J-A-C-E and Mitch. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, TuneIn, and Spotify. Not just a game, it's the game. You're listening to The Rivalry.